0: Dr. Greta has a knack for storytelling and you will certainly have a belly laugh like I did when she shares her story of her first business in elementary school. Dr. Greta Anderson also has a knack for filling gaps. She is one of the few African-American women to earn a Class A status as a golf teaching professional. She is the founder of two businesses, one of which is Digital Sage. She's also the owner of Dr. Greta Golf, a golf business that she started 10 years ago. She uses her expertise as a player, her status as a global instructor, and certification as a Class A instructor to teach golf at an exemplary level. She is a member of the Ladies Professional Golf Association, what we know as the LPGA, and the host of the Smart Golfer podcast. She is a brand ambassador for Titleist. We all know the Titleist golf balls and for Footjoy. Dr. Greta is clearly also an ambassador for the game of golf. And when you listen to this episode, she tells us why before starting her businesses, she was a team leader and research director at Gallup where she honed her expertise in serving companies in the luxury space, specifically luxury travel and hospitality. She's a proud Detroiter graduate of university of Michigan and social scientist by training. Check out this episode of the Age Has No Limit podcast to hear her tips on how to become a brand ambassador, her hilarious story about her first business in elementary school, what it takes to become a class A instructor, and learn from her example that, as she says, most great things come out of filling a gap. Stay tuned to learn more about Dr. Greta Anderson, or of course, Dr. Greta Golf, on the Age Has No Limit podcast, and don't forget to subscribe or download this episode. It's the Age Has No Limit podcast. We're here to show and prove that your age shouldn't prevent you from designing and living the life you want. I'm your host, Patrice Davis. Let's get started. Thank you for joining me for the Age Has No Limit podcast. I am joined by Dr. Greta Anderson, um, who is going to tell us more about who she is, um, a little bit about her, uh, her career, about her life, And I, you know, one of the things we always want to know is her definition of a no limit life. So Dr. Anderson, we're going to start by first finding out a little bit about the name of your brand. I think I mentioned to you that I really like, for some reason, it just rolls off the tongue. It is Dr. Greta golf. I think it's brilliant, but I'd like to learn how you decided to merge the two. Um, just want to get some insight into the name of your business. Sure. Well,
1: of course, my name is Greta Anderson. That is me and I am Dr. Greta Anderson. And so mm-hmm. um I've been um I earned my PhD decades ago. It's just it's still staggering when I say that to myself. I'm going like, has it been that long? And so one of the things that I was a young woman, I was 28 when I completed my my PhD at, I went to a Proud Wolverine, Go Blue. <laughs> we just won the national championship, by the way. But um so I was never really comfortable, particularly at a young age being called Dr. Anderson. It's so formal, so heavy and that type of thing. So I would tell people, just call me Dr. Greta. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of stuck. And so here we are. And so when I began the golf business, it's it's my style of teaching. It's It's teaching golf at an exemplary level, but it's with my style and my flavor. And so I thought, hey, Let's keep it simple and fun but accurate. And here we are, Dr. Greta Golf.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Now, since we've already gotten some background on the name of your business, share with us exactly what is your business, at least one of the businesses that we're aware of. But we'd love to learn a bit more. Sure. So, Dr. Greta
1: Golf is a golf educational practice, as I like to term it. I'm far more than just an instructor, right? Mm -hmm. So, I teach at various levels. So I teach at the local level. I teach individuals, some who may be picking up the club for the first time, others Mm -hmm. who may be playing at a high level of competition, collegiately playing, you know, mid-ams as we call it, you name it. I teach everyone, but I really focus on my great Passion and love is really growing the game. And of course, that means bringing more people into golf. So I spend a lot of my time doing that at at the local level, but I'm also what's called a global educator. And so I'm a proud member of the Ladies Professional Golf Association. I'm a professional. And in that, most people, I shouldn't say most people know, but many people know that the process of becoming a certified instructor is quite involved. It's a multi-year process. It's kind of like going to college in many ways. And so there are just a handful of professionals that serve as the, essentially the professors in that college. And I'm one of those professors, if you will. Mm. So I teach, like I guess I teach people from a, from a business standpoint, I will be B2C, but mm. I'm also a B2B in the world of golf instruction.
0: Interesting. Okay. Good to know. So thank you so much for really explaining that to us. I hadn't realized that when when one becomes a golf instructor, you have the opportunity to both serve individuals, but as you said, also serve businesses in that, in that way that you described. So how long have you been in business? Uh, in this business I've been in,
1: uh, I guess we're almost knocking on the door of 10 years. Hard to mm-hmm. believe, but yeah.
0: Wow. 10 years. Okay, good, good, good. So, um, we're starting to learn about Dr. Greta, you know, the golf instructor, um, a premier golf instructor, by the way. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you were from. Would love to learn a little bit about that. So
1: I, I am from, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan in Detroit, Detroit, uh, Mm -hmm. Detroit, Michigan, um, Mm -hmm. Northwest Detroit. I'm a proud, um, proud child of Detroit. I Detroit public school system. Mm -hmm. Um, and I matriculated, and so I ultimately um, earned my graduate education there at the University of Michigan, and then from there, I came on down to Atlanta to um, uh, continue my education, and I ended up at Clark Atlanta University, which Mm -hmm. is how I originally came south um, as, as, as a young adult, and an amazing experience here that was quite some time ago, but in Atlanta was you know, in, in the growth, you know, in the early growth from what, from what it is today, it was, you mm-hmm. know, the early nineties and that type of thing. Um, so I learned a lot, had some great lessons there, but I needed to continue my education. I've decided I wanted to, um, become a researcher. I'm a social scientist by training. That's where the doctor comes from. Mm-hmm. And so with that decision, I decided to return to the university of Michigan, spend a few more years there. Mm-hmm. Then I came on back to Atlanta. And so this is where I really kind of built. I've had spent my adult life. I've built my career and my businesses all here. So from that time, I by the time I finished school, um, I finished you know working on my uh, dissertation, all that good stuff while I was in Atlanta, but I was a researcher. I worked for the Gallup organization for quite mm-hmm. some time. But during that time, being on, on the supplier side, if you will, in the consulting and research world, um, mm-hmm. I developed um, an area of expertise in vertical in, in several verticals, but I really focused on um, serving the in the luxury space of travel and hospitality, mm-hmm. whether that was airlines or hotels and resorts, that type of thing. And so as I fast forward and came into the um, entrepreneurialism, because I was always an entrepreneur from the time I was a little girl, and that's a whole other kind Mm -hmm. of story and discussion. Mm -hmm. But um, I knew that I wanted to create some unique things. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I came on out, I realized, oh, I have these great skills as a researcher and an understander—if that's a word—understanding of of human behavior, and I'm very curious about that. But those those skills marry very nicely with serving people very well. And mm-hmm. so when I came into golf, I knew that um, that's a differentiator because a lot of people don't look at it that way. But one of my great goals was to to create, no matter where I was teaching, because I've taught at country clubs all the way to you know, municipal golf ranges, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm my job is to create a great experience for you whether from the educational standpoint, but just over the overall experience. And so when I learned, when I decided to, to build my own business, I knew that I wanted to marry all of those things in to create a unique mix. And mm-hmm. so here we are. Mm-hmm.
0: That's one of the things I think I enjoy about being an entrepreneur is being able to take different experiences, different things that people wouldn't think be aligned right and use your experience to merge the two Um, I really want to pick back up on you saying that you've always been an entrepreneur since you were a little girl I would love to learn about that and then I'd like to pick back up on exactly what you did at the the, um, Gallup is it a Gallup I don't remember the name but I'm familiar with Gallup Gallup organization yes a lot of people are familiar with the poll Right, they've heard of the Gallup poll yes exactly and I definitely also want to touch on the luxury travel the research you did in the luxury travel space so you just picked you know brought up three things that um, piqued my interest and I'm sure to piqued uh, the audience's interest as well okay. so let's start with your entrepreneurial spirit as a little girl sure i've always
1: felt like um i'm good at filling the gaps mm-hmm. i've never been one whose entrepreneurial intentions focus around creating the latest or greatest mm-hmm. i've just always had a knack for filling the small gaps Hmm. Right. Because most things come out of a small, most great things come out of a small gap, right? Necessity. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we see it before others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the, the most basic level, I remember um, this was like, it's one of probably one of my most proud little companies, if you will, mm-hmm. or, or, or revenue lines. I'll call it that. It wasn't mm-hmm. quite a company, but I was, I was I'm mm-hmm. trying to think I might've been eight or nine or I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. But I could see in school. So, you know, elementary school, you know, some of us would take our lunch, right? Some people would, you know, buy lunch or have lunch at school. But all of us are this way, but particularly kids, no matter what's in your lunch, something in somebody else's lunch looks better, right? Mm -hmm. So... My mom always packed our lunches. And of course we had a very little, nice little balanced lunch. It would be like a sandwich and fruit and maybe like a little treat, you know, a couple of little Oreos or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's always something better. Like she's got, like, I've got Oreos, but she's got chocolate chip cookies, She, you know? I've got chocolate chip cookies, but she's got a little snack pack of Doritos, right? Mm-hmm. And so everybody's always trading. I realized, but you can't see what they have on the down at the end of the of the lunch table. And it was always confusion and people look, and I realized like for a small fee, I could set up a brokerage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. So for 25 cents a week oh my god <laughs> you could you know remember this is these are 70s and early 80s prices right yes i know you could, you could put your you could put in yeah and then you could have your run at the thing so i mean <laughs> again we can index the dollar but i mean i was making pretty good coin yeah but more importantly it mm-hmm. was a great service
0: yes yes wow hmm
1: and <laughs> I realized, like, oh, it doesn't have to be something big and fancy. Mm-hmm. It served a need, mm-hmm. and so I've always been that way. So, like you said, that's probably my 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 out of all the businesses and things that I've done from from an you know from an entrepreneurial standpoint, that one probably maybe it was because it's the first one, but it's really near and dear to my heart. But it also made people happy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it was great. <laughs> I got shut down for some other reason. reasons. I know. But ultimately. <laughs> I'm sorry i know i'm not that's why i didn't ask yeah 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 okay but Mm -hmm. nonetheless it was Mm -hmm. it was good and it it was it was fun and it was Mm -hmm. manageable and all those types of things and Mm. it it fit me right i wasn't trying to do it for the whole school if -hmm. you happen to be in my lunch period you were lucky yeah (laughs) okay
0: Okay. I, I got to ask how that worked though. Um, you got to tell me how that worked. I can't just walk away from that one. I'm not moving yeah. on to a question. I got to, i am love to learn more. Yeah. So <laughs> it was very, something mean,
1: it was very low tech, right? This is yeah. before, you know, mm-hmm. a quarter, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you had to help me out, you know, so, so, you know, I knew, you know, again, it's an elementary school. It's not like as a high school of, you know, mm-hmm. a thousand people. hmm who was paying and, 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 it, and, and who was involved. I had a little sheet, my little sheet with everybody's name and check it all Very simple. And mm-hmm. a milk crate. Mm-hmm. And you put your stuff in and then the same way you put it in, you could come around and look. And it was, people weren't like, ah, I want that. You know, it was, it was very, everybody got along also because we knew we couldn't make too much of a Because I mean, this was kind of a little bit, I won't say contraband, but little <laughs> table, right? Right, 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 right. Literally, right. right? right. My greatest challenge really was, is that mm-hmm. people pay, again, remember, mm-hmm. we're little. Yeah. And people are paying in quarters. Like mm-hmm. the quarters, I didn't have enough pockets. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, wow. think about it, right? It's not like today where the kids could cash app you a buck or something like that. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. a real quarter. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you're collecting 30 quarters, mm-hmm. You know, so I had to manage that. I learned I just had a little pen. you remember the pencil? Yes. (laughs) had an extra pencil one. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. And
1: it was was very, it was very basic, but it was a great service. It took off better than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And again, ultimately, you know, got a little too ruckus. You know, I won't say loud, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they just didn't want that happening. And, you know, it was getting popular because then people at the other tables, were you know, it it got it. Mm A victim of our own success, we would say exactly. But um, <laughs> but it ran for the greater portion of a school year.
0: Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking a month, two months. No, you you're a no, whole school no, year no, almost. No, no. That is that's it pretty cool. up,
1: right? Yeah, I mean because when people began to see, like you know, the other little classmates, you're like, oh, like, mm-hmm. yep, you know, yeah. yeah. Her mom makes great cookies, and she traded out. Yeah. You could have had them too, but you, you yeah. didn't want to spend your 25 cent. Right. It was it was a way to have a great treat. Of course, I wasn't going home and nobody was going home telling their mom like I traded my orange for a King Dong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so it was, it was a great fun but a great learning experience. You know, wow. how to manage because ultimately I had to hire a few people.
0: Wow. Wow. For help
1: and everything like that negotiation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't negotiate with my own sister about fee for helping. I mean, I remember going 20%. What do you mean? 20%. <laughs> but all, all of those little things. So yeah, so mm-hmm. it was, so it was a really good experience. So um, mm-hmm. that was really my first kind of lesson in, 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 in creating and building kind of on the fly. But mm-hmm. from there, I've always, you know, kind of built like as I, you know, and as I began Say, for example, I taught tennis many Mm -hmm. years. I played very high level competitive tennis. But when I began Mm -hmm. to teach tennis here in Atlanta, we know we have um, Atlanta Lawn Tennis Association, Association, ALTA, one of the largest Mm -hmm. tennis leagues in the country. -hmm. I think it might still be the largest in the country. And so I taught and coached teams in Alta for years. And so what I saw in there was there are tons of people. Atlanta has an amazing pipeline and a tennis community, but there are all these people who want to participate, but they're not quite good enough, or they don't, they don't, they're new. They don't, they don't, they didn't know the game, Mm -hmm. but they just needed to be good enough and have confidence and have community Mm -hmm. to create. A base a, a, At the time, I don't know, I don't keep up with it, but it was C8. That was the lowest flight and level, right? Mm-hmm. Beginner. Mm-hmm. So I had a class that focused only on people whose goal was to be able to get into a C8 team. Mm. And, I mean, I always had a waiting list.
0: Wow. Mm. Okay.
1: Because I had a funnel. Because, of course, I knew many other friends who were great coaches who were teaching teams And I would just pass them along and be like, and when you graduate from this court, you're going to go over there and you'll be in coach so-and-so's team. Mm -hmm. And it created a great pipeline. Identify a simple need,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: a little Mm -hmm. gap and fill it.
0: Yeah, and not just fill it for yourself, but find ways to move move that. At least in this particular case, move them on to the next stage, right? And so right, then you got right. the support not just from the the paying clients, but also some of the other beneficiaries of you know your 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 pipeline. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so Gallup. So what did you do at Gallup? Is it Gallup organization? Gallup. Yeah, organization. the Gallup
1: organization. Yeah, people call it Gallup, but the Gallup mm-hmm. organization. That mm-hmm. 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 was a research director hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so with that, that title, I mean, it can mean many things, but in the Gallup at the time. And so uh, you got Gallup is a consulting organ- a research based consulting organization. Yeah. And so in serving clients, whether that was on the customer experience side, you know, mm-hmm. just like they created information for the Gallup poll that people knew about for years from the political standpoint that was a whole separate part of the of the organization but the science and the methodology is where Gallup created was always been front and center in terms of the different their differentiator and so as a research director there what you did is work with clients you know I had a roster of clients and whether that was on the talent side and helping them understand scientifically who and how to hire And retain the best in terms of their talent, right? Mm -hmm. Or on the customer side, helping to understand what, why, and how customers are doing, Mm -hmm. so that you can grow your grow your client base, grow your profit, all of that. You know, all those types of things, sustainable profitability, all of that comes in from a research standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so, as a research director, you create, manage, and 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 drive that research.
0: So when uh, and here's a brief follow-up question to this: Did Gallup work with ad agencies? Yes. Okay. The reason I ask is because my very first job out of college was as a media planner. Oh. And I remember, um, for some reason, that's probably why Gallup stood out to me when you mentioned it. I remember, I'm almost certain, um, pulling some data from Gallup Mm -hmm. to be able to substantiate some of the media plans that Mm -hmm. we used to create. So yeah, yeah, okay, then there we go. Yeah, yeah, I mean
1: right. So yeah, so I had amazing. Um, I had an amazing time there. I mean, I worked with so many great companies from companies in the pharmaceutical industry. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, the, the pharma has undergone so many mergers and separations and everything like that over the years. But uh, Merck, Glaxo, well, you know, all of those. Mm-hmm. Then ultimately, oh, uh, let me think. I'm just thinking, I mean, I worked with so many, but ultimately I came into the, to the, to the, travel and hospitality vertical so I worked with Lufthansa, Air mm-hmm. Canada, of course Delta was a big big client. Um JAL Japan Airlines mm-hmm. and then when I got into the hospital, the 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 resort and hotels vertical where there was Fairmont and mm-hmm. Ritz and, and intercontinental. Well, no, I didn't go with intercontinental until I went to intercontinental, but, okay. but in those verticals, yeah. there's some very specific things mm-hmm. that you understand. You have to understand that, you know, a, a room is just a room and a hotel and a, and a ch- seat on a plane is just a seat on this plane. It's the experience that makes mm-hmm. it different. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so from that and those experiences at, at, uh, at Gallup, I've, Became pretty darn good at it, I guess. And mm-hmm. so when I was able when I, the opportunity presented itself to focus exclusively in the hotel space, I was recruited over and I joined um, Intercontinental, um, which wasn't Intercontinental at that time. At the time, it was still owned by Bass. And mm. people may be familiar with Bass Ale. Mm-hmm. It's the same company.
0: Oh Bass L, yeah. yeah. Bass L, okay. yeah. It was Bass. Okay. It was Bass okay.
1: Hotels and Resorts. Yeah. So okay. it was cool because actually and work at work in every floor there was a tap. It was yeah, yeah. yeah it was kind of weird. But
0: yeah, yeah. So when
1: from from Bass, it became then um that was an a merger acquisition. I can't remember which, and we switched to when we were six continent Hotels and resorts, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there was one more thick, kind of nasty merger acquisition, fallout thing, and ultimately they finally landed. And it's what it is today, Inter- Intercontinental Hotels mm-hmm. Group, okay, IHG. Well. Yep.
0: And that's how you got into the luxury travel space. Yes. Okay, yes. but that's pretty cool. So yes. um, there are a couple of reasons why I stuck on, I was really, really sure. intrigued by that. Was number one, everyone that listens to the podcast and ha- have heard me talk about how interested I am in travel, yes. not just regular travel. I'm here, mm-hmm. I showed up, look at me type of travel. Sure. It's sure. really culturally immersive travel. Yes. Um, yes. So I'm always really interested when I hear mm-hmm. anything having have to yes. do with travel, and so mm-hmm. certainly interested in the research aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, I'm also interested because um, I work with researchers, you know, yeah. for the work that I do with my with um, with my business. Yes. Uh, work with evaluators that mm-hmm. you know evaluate grant funded programs. So that kind of definitely piqued my interest. So yes. I'm glad I went down this road with you because yes. I number one learned a lot more about what you did, mm-hmm. um, and 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 how that you know, really differs uh, significantly from what you're doing now. It seems to mm-hmm. maybe I'm maybe I'm um, off, but we're definitely going to um, touch on that a little bit now. Yeah. So you um, you also mentioned that you were at Clark Atlanta University. And I know you've exactly. been at uni- you, uh, you received your initial P- you received your Ph.D. from University of Michigan, went back to University of Michigan and you were an instructor at some point. Isn't that correct? A mm-hmm. professor or. Yeah. OK, OK. Do mm-hmm. You mind sharing a little bit about that and what that was like? Sure. I enjoy,
1: I, I enjoy teaching. Mm-hmm. And if you look at kind of my bio, the mm-hmm. running theme is, and and my mother has said this for years and I kind of really didn't pay attention to it, you know, mm-hmm. but she's right. Mothers are often right. right? Yes. That yes. what I enjoy doing and what I end up being talented in, I inevitably end up teaching mm. because I just want to share it with other people. And I realize that, that is. That's kind of how God built me. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm good at it, I want to share it with others and Mm -hmm. I end up teaching. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So Mm -hmm.
1: from whether, you know, from an athletic standpoint, Mm
0: -hmm. yes,
1: I've taught for since I was young, you know, Mm -hmm. 18, 19, 17, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. as well as my academic skills. I love teaching a research I've taught, you know, a lot of research oriented uh, applied methodology because Mm -hmm. I think that uh, research, well, we know that research informs almost everything in life, right? That's how we advance. And mm-hmm. if we diversify the various realms of research,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we will diversify many other things. Like mm-hmm. we, I, mm-hmm. one of the reasons that I'm in golf and doing so many of the things that I do in golf, because I saw very quickly, like, nothing's going to change in golf. If everything is coming from the same body. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, get so, what I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely get what you're saying. So in other words, if the research is, is, um, is one dimensional, then a lot of the results from the research is going to be one dimensional, which then of course impacts other areas of our life, especially in those areas where people are using research to inform what they actually do. Correct. Got it. Got it. Correct. And so one of the things um, I I find really interesting is that you're one of the few African-American women who earned a class A status as a golf teaching professional. So what does it actually take to earn that designation?
1: Yes. So one of the first thing is that you do have to be a good golfer. Let's just Mm -hmm. step one in in golf. Mm -hmm. You have to show it on the course, right? So there's that part. Mm -hmm. So once you take care of that, beyond that there is a series of levels and in, in terms of understanding how to teach how mm-hmm. to help someone move the needle in their golf experience right their skill set mm-hmm. um and with the lpga with there's two organizations in the world lpga and pga the lpga in particular we are the world's teachers mm-hmm. right we focus on the science of instruction because it's not just happenstance or random. Someone shows up on your lesson T as we call it. We call our teaching space, the lesson T and someone just helps you hit a ball, right? Mm -hmm. That requires a very specific set of skills and understanding the science behind ball flight, all of those types of things. But moreover, just the overall skill of instruction. Mm -hmm. And so, We spend a a painfully a painful amount of time helping people um, to master that, and I say painful only because we leave no stone unturned,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: Mm -hmm. And from my perspective, as I always say, if we're not good at doing that, we cannot grow the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It needs to be welcoming. We need to be, and we need to be really good at it to make Mm it fun and easy for you. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're going to spend your time and your money and all these other things, you, you, you don't want it to be uncomfortable, right?
0: Yeah. yeah you want it yeah. to be
1: welcoming. You want it to be, um, productive. You want to, to, to get some positive results out of it and all those things. And so that's what we spend our time doing versus you just showing up and hoping that, well, I'm a nice person. We're hoping that this ball is going to get into the air. We're hoping that you learn how to swing in mm-hmm. a style and an approach that works for your body, whether you mm-hmm. have some limitations or not,
0: mm-hmm.
1: n- that's not a good thing. And so, yeah. all of that to say, we—that's what we—that's the process, the very for- formal process that um, our members go through to mm-hmm. earn a Class A certification. So we have several tiers in there. We have an apprentice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is just that—they're kind of learning. There's mm-hmm. level uh, Class B where. We're getting past that, and we're doing teaching. Maybe in the midst of your career or early phase of your career, but then a class A means that you have um, passed and exceeded all of those uh, requisite uh, tasks in in uh, courses and programming um, to then ascend to be what we call full membership, mm-hmm. and you are ready to fully represent and hang your shingle and represent the organization. Mm-hmm. And 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 for that, so yeah,
0: yeah, that is. Um, so as I'm thinking about it, there are a couple of things. First of all, I've never actually played golf a day in my life. But one of the things I do know is that it's not as easy as it looks. Um, and I'm sure anyone listening and 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 hearing us understands that, um, because there are a lot of things around angles and math. And as you said, you know, flight and the pace and and the speed and wind and all these other things. I I I I may be wrong, but I'm thinking those are some of the variables to consider, and I hadn't even thought about, well, what about the the details having to do with the person that's swinging, um, mm-hmm. their height, the instrument they use, there's just a lot. Um, and I'm sure, I, again, I, I barely scratched the surface, but you're because that's kind of, you know, really getting my mind thinking about what that actually entails, I can, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, and that's just probably the instruction side of it and nowhere near some of the other things that you have to do to actually meet that criteria. So congrats to you for doing that. Um, now, what would you say has been one of the biggest aha moments in your uh, time as a golf instructor? hmm Um, aha moment. hmm In terms of even, it could be an aha moment as it relates to, um, uh, one of the students that you're teaching or, you know, any, maybe anything that you can think of that was like, wow, I did that or. Well, I think that one of my, my aha moments is
1: that the the opportunities mm. that golf can bring to people. I knew this and I've taken I've taken advantage of them, frankly, for myself. Um, but I've always it's still an aha moment every time that I'm able to help someone uh use golf as a tool or realize the value of using golf as a tool, whether that is for their personal wellness, for community, for strengthening and building relationship, whether that's a marriage, personal, professional, anywhere in between, Mm. or also the tool that it can be to move their lives forward. I'm always so proud of, you know, I've had a great number of students that have moved on and they're changing the trajectory of their lives and their families' lives because they don't have to pay for college
0: yeah mm. mhm
1: mhm mhm so the, the the amazing tool that golf is and can be that's what continues to give me an aha moment so yeah. i it's just sweat and I'm so passionate about um getting people like me women women of color mm-hmm. there is a reason that golf yeah. is around and it's a multi billion dollar industry. golf a twenty one billion dollar a year industry there's mm-hmm. a reason mhm mhm yeah <laughs> yeah and so that, that would probably be my continuous aha moment.
0: Yeah. And interesting. You, you said that, that there are all these other opportunities because you yourself are a brand ambassador, correct? What, yes, uh, yeah. So what brands have you um, worked with? Um, would love to learn about that.
1: Sure. So, mm-hmm. and again, I'm saying it because I believe it to be true. I'm a proud, proud of diversity and global ambassador for the Titleist And FootJoy Mm -hmm. brands, so Mm -hmm. number one ball in golf, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's probably seen that 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 script writing Titleist, yes. 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 So great company, great Mm -hmm. products, known at you know the the gold standard in golf Mm -hmm. in many areas. But Mm -hmm. and I say that because I am a brand investor. But I will say this: I don't use anything or promote anything that I don't use. I was using and playing with Titleist golf balls and wearing foot FootJoy shoes way before I had a relationship with them. So it was a very natural fit, but I more, even, even more so, I believe in their deep commitment to diversity. That's a big deal for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is, it is, I don't, I don't just, I mean, at this point in my life, you see all this gray hair and I don't have time to just, (laughs) to just, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not be, not to partner with brands, with which I I cannot sincerely Mm -hmm. um, believe in their commitments. Can't Mm -hmm. do it. And so their efforts, many of them are, are out front and center, but there are all a lot of things that they do behind the scenes. It's Mm -hmm. just a great brand. And so of course, being a large, you know, big player in the world of golf, um, that's an important one to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. So one of the things I really enjoy about the podcast is the opportunity to learn from the women and other people that Mm -hmm. I actually, um, get a chance to interview. Um, and so, you know, definitely learning a lot from you. I would like to learn, and maybe you can share a tip or two on Mm -hmm. how one would go about getting a brand sponsorship. I'm sure there are instances when brands come to you because they Mm -hmm. see, Hey, this person's an influencer. Mm -hmm. This person's already, you know, kind of lodged in the community. We're Mm -hmm. trying to either appeal to, um, or, you know, sell to in some instances mm-hmm. but would love a tip or two on how one can get a brand sp- sponsorship pursue one i should say mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well first i think the uh one of the things is to
1: understand that it's going to be a two-way street it's going to mm-hmm. be it needs to be a win-win right
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and i think the best way that you can be a great brand ambassador mm-hmm. is to know what you really know what you stand for mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. and make sure that it's a match. Number one, you know, you may have a short list of 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 companies and organizations which you'd love to sponsor with. Make sure it's a match. Is it if you you don't want it to just be for the product or or something like that. Number one, number two. Number one. Mm-hmm. Secondly, don't be afraid to reach out and communicate with, with the brand, do your research, do, you know, and take the time to communicate with them. Because I always feel like this, what's on the other side of me, you know, crafting it, crafting a thoughtful email, right? Mm -hmm. What is on the other side of me hitting that return button to send, right? Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. might be amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario is a no. Okay. Mm -hmm. Am I any worse off? Mm -hmm. no
0: right (laughs) yeah
1: so i i feel very strong i wasn't always that way but i feel very strongly about that but i will never ask if i'm not if i don't feel like there's a win-win
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and i think that's the really most important thing because there are it's support i'll use my my and you know my ambassadorship as an example Mm -hmm. it is my pleasure because again i love the work that they're doing behind the scenes but a lot of the things you're doing it's not, it's not postable, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not, I'm not going to take a screenshot of me on a meeting with, you know, their leadership. That's not appropriate. So if everything you think that you're going to do is going to be for the, Mm -hmm. you know, for the gram or whatever, Mm -hmm. think closely about the value of that relationship for you and for them. Mm -hmm. If it's about really in the big picture, yes, I do benefit in many different ways, but Mm -hmm. You have to think about crafting again. Think of it as a relationship. That's the big one.
0: Yeah, that is an excellent point you made. A number of excellent points. Um, it's not always the sponsorships that we see the most of. You're right. People posting on the gram. Um, number two, thinking about what you bring to the table and what you expect to get from it, and how you can craft it, negotiate it, so that you, you know, there are a number of benefits that you walk away from, not just maybe cash, and certainly not just whatever right. cash you may think you can get from right. you know the photos excellent excellent advice yeah um and so we only have two more questions for you okay. um so i do want to ask you now you've had an opportunity to work for others right when you worked yes. at gallup and yes. um and um and of course as an instructor mm-hmm. and then of course you have a number of years as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. how would you say being an entrepreneur has enriched your life just in general would love to learn a little bit about yes. that yes i love being a, i love being an
1: entrepreneur um one, it teaches, it's taught me many things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Patience is one of the big ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, as you well know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, things don't always happen in the order and the space that you want them to. Sometimes you have to, if you will, trust the process, right? Mm-hmm. You also have to learn to, you know, make smart decisions, but trust others right? Mm -hmm. Everything. You can build a lot on your own, but, but you will need to learn the power of great partnerships. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, they can be great people along on your journey. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to, you know, as I'd like to tell people, I'm, I'm good at pruning. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: have to learn to do that. Doesn't mean that you don't Mm -hmm. fit into my life or my world it may not be for this season this moment mm-hmm. and uh, you know i think most entrepreneurs at this point i'm celebrating 20 years in, as an entrepreneur you know i've taken some lumps along the way mm-hmm. but it, each day as an entrepreneur is a day that i get to learn so much mm-hmm. and i just love that cuz i'm 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 a learner i like to i like to i like to do that but i also like the fact that i don't have limitations mhm you know, I can set the course. Like now when I think about things like, and again, this is no um, casting, no aspersion on other people and their choices. Right. But mm-hmm. for me, like the prospect of somebody telling me exactly what I can make,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I I can't even fathom it. Like someone yeah. telling me like this year, you're going to make 3% more than you made last year. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I can't. Yeah. 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 And it's not, but I realize it's not for everyone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You yeah, know, but so for me, that's you know kind of one of the things that I get to I get to create my limits or lack thereof. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That yeah, that is a, that's a you know, it is not. This was um an an unconventional uh, response to you know what's it like being. A, that's basically the question is what's it like being an entrepreneur now, especially since you have um, the opportunity to compare it with you know, having worked for others, and of course, having 20 years of entrepreneurial experience, very unconventional response, you uh, found a gap in that response. And I really, really appreciate that you actually helped me understand how finding a gap can actually be a talent. I didn't think about that. Like I now I'm thinking about I I think I'm pretty good at finding the gaps, you know, especially when I consider some of the things that I have been able to create, and not just create it, but kind of take it to the fore and try to see if I can get someone to um, believe in enough in it and to hire my company to make it happen. So that is, that's, I really appreciate you bringing that, helping me understand that. I hadn't considered that as a, as something I should be Mm -hmm. proud of, you know, or even recognize. So my last question for you um, is what does an age has no limit life look like to you? An age has no limit life looks to me
1: Um, It's evolved over time, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's one where you feel comfortable and have the freedom to evolve and and, 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 and navigate your course as you see fit. You're not following the rules of convention like, oh, I'm X years old and I should be doing this or I should be doing that or I shouldn't be doing this or shouldn't be doing that and age is just a number. I've thankfully I've, I'm kind of built this way. I've always embraced who I am, mm-hmm. what I am, whether that was, you know, in vogue or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly at this season, as, as I, as I'm, as I'm moving into my 53rd year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I I love that I'm here. I've never been one of those people to like, you know, want to keep my age a secret. I, I believe strongly, like it's a blessing to be here
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to have been able to navigate the course Yeah, to know yeah. what I know to be here. Yeah. And so with that living a limitless life, mm-hmm. I get to take all of those things that I've learned in all these years and to get better and better and better as I build and to then be able to help impart knowledge and, and share with other people. Yeah. Because it wasn't that long ago when I was that 20 something or that 30 something. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so to me, that's what living a limit a limitless life is at this, at, you know, at this age and at this season, as I move forward, it's having the freedom and the ability to kind of, you know, within re means and reason to an extent, but help to, to, to to take the detours as you see fit or you need to, but also to have the power to help others do those same things.
0: Yeah, there there we go. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Greta Anderson. I'm going to call you Dr. Greta. Yes. I appreciate you taking the time out to come and share your wisdom, share your life experiences. Give me a laugh, a nice, nice belly laugh um, when you describe your entrepreneurial um endeavors in elementary school. Uh, (laughs) I really appreciate that. Um, So this is what I'd love for you to do. Please (laughs) let people know where they can learn more about you. Um, And also, we didn't touch on at all your other business, but if you'd like to share the website for that, please do that um, uh, so that people can learn more about you and your businesses. Sure. Okay. So the easy way to
1: find me is that you can find me all over the place at doctor at dr Greta golf, Dr. Greta golf on, on, and on LinkedIn, I am Dr. Greta, no, no golf on there. And mm-hmm. so you can talk to me about golf. You can also talk to me about the business that we did not really talk about here. Um, we are in the knowledge strategy business. That business is, is an agency. It's called the digital sage agency. You mm-hmm. can find us at digital agency. So mm-hmm. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you and to serve and mm-hmm. please do check me out.
0: Oh, great. Well, thank you all for joining me for another illuminating episode of the Age Has No Limit podcast. And as I said before, I thank Dr. Greta, Dr. Greta for joining us and um, sharing a little bit about our life. So for those of you who have any questions for Dr. Greta, she's giving you the information to find out more. Um, One of the things that I always say at the end of every episode, and I really mean it, don't forget. Age has no limit.